You're listening to the Connecting with Purpose podcast at Covenant Health with Chris and Daniel, a podcast where Covenant caregivers can connect with executive leaders on healthcare hot topics in the Texas, New Mexico region. Hey, welcome back. Daniel Ronick, Chief Nursing Officer at Covenant Medical Center, and we are on Connecting with Purpose at Covenant's podcast. Excited to continue on the series on safety in the workplace and in particular focusing in on our Workplace Violence Committee. Our Workplace Violence Committee has been around for some time and it's got some new leaders uh, that are really trying to make an impact and and, um, make the environment safer. Uh, Today we have April Hayes and Jason Delacruz. Uh, two uh, leaders that I, I certainly work with every day and know. Uh, but this is an area where they are, are working in a space outside of just their own uh, day in and day out uh, grind. Um, April, uh, let's, let's tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, you are a nurse here, but in leadership. Why don't you uh, just share some of your background? Okay. Thanks, Daniel. Um, I've actually been a registered nurse for 36 years. I've spent all but one of those years in the ED, the emergency department. So I'm very familiar with violence and mental health patients, um, different things like that. So uh, this is something that I'm pretty passionate about. And Unfortunately, uh, with COVID and all the different lockdowns and things like that, we've actually seen this escalating over the last couple of years. And so, um, and it's spread far wider than just the emergency department. And so we need to make sure that we're taking care of our staff. Yeah, that's that's well said, Jason. Um, welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're here. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, and then let's get into uh, why is workplace uh, violence uh, committee something that that why is a workplace violence committee something that you wanted to be a part of? Yes, sir, Daniel. Thank you. My name is Jason De La Cruz. I'm the nurse manager of South Four here at Covenant Medical Center. I've been with Covenant. A little more than 20 years altogether. When I first started, it was just more of an entry-level position, but I was very blessed with a, a good support group and uh, team workers that, uh, that surrounded me. And before I knew it, I, I found myself going into nursing school and been loving it ever since. The When it comes to workplace violence, much like what uh, April said a little earlier, uh, COVID definitely brought a lot of fears. And with those fears came a lot of stressors also. But uh, still, during the time that I've been here at Covenant, working with the pay, the employees that we that we have here. One of the things that uh, one of our values has been justice, making sure that the right things are being done. And well, with the stressors of COVID, not just the health of the patients that come into the hospital. There's a lot of uh, emotion and stressors that that come that came with that. Not just for the nursing staff, but for the patients, family members. Difficult time for sure that first year of COVID, but. As emotions and stressors rise, it we have seen an increase of just, um, we'll say, workplace violence or things that apply. It could be uh, physical, it could be verbal, but still, as our employees, our coworkers are taking care of these patients, I just feel we've we got to do our part to make sure that we keep them safe. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, 
figuring out how to execute a plan and put places, putting resources in place to help uh, everyone know they exist and that they can be used, uh, have an opportunity to talk about what they're experiencing. Uh, that that is really where I find it it challenging because it is such a um, broad uh, topic. Uh, when when you open that up, so tell me a little bit about um, uh, the workplace violence committee. Uh, April, you are the chair of the workplace violence committee at Covenant Medical Center, and Jason, you are the co-chair. Um, when what does when does the committee meet? Uh, how long are those meetings? And what are some of the typical topics or things that you review in that meeting uh, when you meet? Uh, yes, we meet monthly, and the meetings usually last for about an hour. Um, we have a lot of caregivers that are not leaders that also participate with that, which is really important because it gives a different eye to it. Um, I've actually only been at Covenant for a little over a year, and so this place is huge. And so we started looking around and listening to the actual caregivers, and so many of the nurses didn't even know that they had panic buttons on their unit. And then if they did know there were panic buttons on their unit, they didn't know where they were at. And so one of kind of the creative ideas that came out of the committee was that, you know, we would delineate that with an indiscreet type of, you know, symbol so that all of the caregivers, regardless of whether they were nurses or from EVS or wherever, would know where to go. And so we just got that up and running. And so that's very exciting for us. And it, it stimulated some more ideas for like maybe flagging a chart for risk for violence, uh, using, you know, um, different colored armbands and things like that, because maybe they are risk for violence so that it, they are properly identified because they've already shown that to our caregivers. So that's been really important, I think. So April, raising awareness on what's in place and what we can do or what we can impact sounds to be a, a, a really good um, starting point. Uh, when you when you talk about raising aware, awareness, Jason, I imagine uh, there's some natural connections uh, that you that you um, see. You know, you're the manager of um, South Four, and that is a hopping unit. We got a lot of telemetry uh, sick patients on that unit. Um, could could you tell me a little bit as you raise awareness about? What options are out there? What kind of reaction are you getting from uh, the people? More recently here, one of the things that I've discovered is that there's more than one way to get information to the staff. The staff, they want to be in the know. They want to know what's going on. I mean, a lot of them, they focus on the task at hand. Uh, I represent the, in, uh, the inpatient floors. And so for the nursing staff, ancillary staff, working with patients and their families, it's, it's very easy to focus on what's in front of you, but it's, like April said, this is a large organization. It's a, it's a large hospital, a lot of patients, and getting that information to the staff, it's not always, it's not always easy. Uh, people uh, absorb information in different ways, and so uh, 
we have there's different means of doing that uh, more recently here whether it's using technology like Microsoft Teams SharePoint text messaging I think most everybody has a cell phone nowadays but uh, still uh, it's even still there's uh, with different methods from time to time we have people who have, may have been off a couple of days and something came up new that they didn't know because from one day to the next, there's always something new, uh, either new uh, program, a new thing and a process in place, or even a, an event that came up that, that others can learn from. So it's just communicating from, uh, like April was saying earlier, from the ER when patients first come into the hospital to the, the basement, second floor, and on up, um, just uh, Getting that information out there is, uh, is, is very key. So when we talk about the committee, um, how many people typically come to the committee and have discussions on this? Are we talking about five people? Or are we talking about 10 or 15 people? Uh, what, what, what kind of uh, involvement are you seeing on this routinely? Uh, yes, we have usually around 10 to 15 people that attend either by teams or come in person, and they represent everything from the OR to nursing education to leadership uh, to the different nursing units. So we really do have good participata- participation on this. That's that's good. Um, you know, a lot of times you want to you want to create something where people will come and then you want to have enough value that they'll come and participate. You, you mentioned some projects uh, as far as raising awareness for, um, you know, panic buttons. How do we know the panic? You know, I didn't even know there was a panic button. And now I know a panic button is symbolized across our, our hospital with this kind of symbol. So if I am in a situation where I need to get help, um, I can automatically hopefully have it within my line of sight, but if not start looking for it. Um, what other, what other things do you see, uh, coming up important discussion points that the, the workplace violence committee needs to look at towards the future? Uh, yes, sir. Daniel, one of the first things, uh, the panic buttons, it started off in the ER and, uh, what didn't take too long before some of the first floor offices, uh, throughout covenant, uh, started making use of it. And, you know, the, it worked. You find yourself in a difficult situation. Uh, confrontation is not always uh, easy. <laughs> and so when sometimes when you need that assist, that backup, it's nice to know that uh, there's a discreet option where you can have that help come over and be there when you, when you need it. And through uh, its use there on the first floor, we started expanding onto other floors. Some of the other programs that they've got going on uh, more recently, while can be a little scary, it's a very real concern, would be uh, active shooter programs that we've had recently here at Covenant. Uh, James Barr is a representative that's been showing up uh, to help with these classes. One of the one of the classes, not just an active shooter, but one of the classes we had more recently here would be in basic self-defense. Now, of course, we're not trying to put together every, anyone to look into a career in MMA fighting or anything like that. But still, at least to have even some basic know-how and some understanding of it uh, can be very valuable. I mean, better to, to have that information than, than not. As one of the things that we discovered that whether it's you dealing with a difficult patient or a difficult family member, you know, right now we're in the holiday season, so definitely emotions can rise. And also, when you're working with families who, of course, are there for, to support their loved ones, um, we can have some issues come up as well. But 
whatever, when the situation starts to get out of hand, and if you're that caregiver in that position, whether it's in the hallway, in an enclosed room, and you find yourself in an uncomfortable spot, the, one of the things is to at least to have some knowledge of what options you have at your disposable, you know, disposable, what you can do. One of the worst things in a, uh, in a situation that's getting out of hand is not to do anything at all. You know, that's, that's a, you know, whether you're witnessing or you're the person on, I'll say on the receiving end, the, um, but with workplace violence, it's not just simply, uh, I mentioned earlier, the, it's not just simply physical, but, but still, um, Lubbock is a large community. Uh, we have a, a large population here in the Lubbock area and it could be not just from the patients and visitors, but, uh, from, from the surrounding area, it's. It's not just the individual encounters, but looking around the environment, seeing what's around, making sure doors are in working order, making sure that the parking lots are safe, making sure that uh, these these different devices, the cameras, we have uh, multiple cameras to the hospital also. We wanna, but it's getting feedback from the staff because we have a lot of staff through Covenant that work in different areas. And so there's different perspectives. And like April was saying earlier, we have uh, people from that represent different areas of the hospital joining us in these meetings here at Covenant to, go, to review workplace violence, to find out where these gaps are, to try to uh, improve on things. And then we also have some meetings as well, talking to Covenant facilities in the region as well. There's, uh, there's some concepts in there that um, I at least am processing. And so the workplace violence committee, um, touches so many different things to say that let's make sure our lights are all functioning and working and that you're not crossing from a scary dark place, uh, to get to your workplace. Like just, a, just something as simple as a light can deter, uh, a situation from becoming uh, dangerous, you know, to say things like, let's make sure our, our cameras are all up and working. Uh, you may not, you may not know there's cameras here and you may not know that, you, that you can't see them. That might not be something that you yourself uh, can part participate in. But if you see a light out, you could do something about that. If you see a door not closing all the way or not locking, you could do something about that. And so, um, you know, you even alluded to, hey, how do I get out of a situation if, if somebody were to grab me um, and, and I don't have the uh, experience or maybe the instinct to try and separate, I might even go limp, um, you know, is, is, is to do nothing. Uh, what, what, what does that really what does that really get you into? Is, it, is there other risks that happen because of that? And uh, I, I read um, a book a, a while ago, and I, I, it was about uh, psychological safety. And one of the things uh, that was called out in the book, uh, it was Amy Edmondson book, uh, she said that there can be a culture of silence. And I paused there just for a second intentionally to let silence happen because each one of our minds wander differently when silence happens. If I let that thing last for 10 seconds instead of just a second and a half, we'd really start, you know, wondering. And so um, I, I think about what you can do proactively, but you can also do things that you're not aware of 
um, as simple as reporting a door not working or a light being out, um, that could really make a difference. Now, if, if we were to talk specifically about why someone would want to come and be a part of the Workplace Violence Committee and get more involved than just reporting doors that don't work and lights that don't work, we need that to happen of everybody. Uh, what do you think would be the draw to somebody? What, what, obviously, you both are, are um, putting in extra time to make sure that something that is not really your job, right, um, to, to, to be chair and co-chair of committee to, you know, keep up with minutes and to herd the cats and, you know, to make sure that, that, uh, the, the announcements are out there and what classes are being done. Like that, that's not part of your job description. You're doing that because you have a passion for it. What would you, what would you share with our listeners, especially our listeners that, that work at Covenant Medical Center? Um, what would you share with them of, Hey, come be a part of the workplace violence committee because we really do have some work to do and we need fresh eyes and we need people with energy and people with a a willingness to create a safer space. I look at our caregiver uh, engagement survey and safety is mentioned quite a few times uh, on our caregiver safety survey. That's, that's one of the reasons why um, I'm excited to, um, work on this series and talk about these things is because it is a hot topic. So what, what out there would our, our listeners, what would, what would maybe be that hook where they'd say, I want to go be a part of that committee? I think the biggest thing is, is that safety is all of our jobs if we work there. And, you know, yes, we are doing a little bit extra, but it's very much worth it so that we know that we can come and practice in a safe environment and that our colleagues are also safe. Um, No one would ever want to be a part of something like that. So I think just really emphasizing about the safe environment that they also tell us that they want. And I think that's really something that if we ask them to be a part of that, that if they've ever been in a situation where they felt, you know, like they were threatened or in harm's way, that maybe they would come and speak up because maybe it's it was a situation that none of the ones that are on the committee right now have ever been in. So I think that's really important is to get a lot of different caregivers, um, you know, what perspective. Yes, perspective. Exactly. You know, we we learn naturally as humans by being exposed to things, right? I, I, the three of us are nurses, and um, if if you told me there was one person who taught you how to put IVs in. I'd go, okay, yeah, I get that. But but you probably learned how to put IVs in from a whole bunch of different people, right? They all had one little trick of how to keep that vein from rolling or how to get uh, the really difficult stick or, hey, just start with stuff that you know you can hit. Whatever those lessons were, they had a perspective or a lesson on, on how to, to do that. And what I hear you saying, April, is that when it comes to workplace violence, there's no perfect way to attack this, but the more you include different perspectives, the more you accept what people are experiencing, the more you say, gosh, I can see where you're coming from. That's going to make us all learn. 
better. And that that's really what this committee is designed to do is bring some of those things to light that we don't talk about um, into a setting where you can hear about them, learn about them. Maybe, maybe you don't ever experience something like that, but it might make you think or react a little different, which will help you avoid uh, something in, in the future. Jason, tell me, is there anything that you would like to really call out about the Workplace Violence Committee uh, and encourage people to, to continue to be uh, engaged with the work? Or uh, a final nugget of, I'm excited about doing this new thing or the taking on this new challenge in the Workplace uh, Violence Committee? One of the things we were talking about a moment ago was perspective, and that's when I come into goodness. Well, one idea is, or one example is, how to get to work. I mean, at the end of the day, you can get, uh, you can leave the workplace, get home, and th- at the end of a long day, and think, goodness, I don't really even remember the actual drive, you know, because we've been just getting in such the habit of mm. getting from point A to point B. And here at the workplace, it's very similar uh, for each of us. We have the department that we work at. We go to that area. A couple of us, my midday, go down to the cafeteria and back. But for the most part, we have our, our path that we, that we normally go on. So that's where it comes in handy, getting staff from throughout the hospital, different perspectives. I mentioned I uh, work on the inpatient floor and what, uh, what I've seen in the past or an example, something to, to think about is uh, as nursing staff uh, put in uh, months become years and, and this becomes their career. Uh, one of the things that uh, can happen in nursing is uh, uh, becoming callous. You get in the, in the uh, uh, you start finding a pattern when it comes to taking care of different patients, whatever their mm. diagnosis may be. But one of the things that uh, for all nursing staff to consider is that when a patient comes into the hospital, at that moment, they're at their most vulnerable uh, state and they're here to get better. And one of the last things from a patient's perspective in a situation uh, and like that, they're here in the hospital, is to hear a commotion uncomfortable sounds coming from outside because mm-hmm. you already don't feel good and to hear some uh, uh, disturbing sounds going outside, maybe even yelling, swearing, cursing. That's a very scary situation to be in as a patient. From the nursing staff, uh, I heard a story not too long ago regarding a new employee who was taking care of a patient and that patient, they they, they were confused, but still uh in taking care of that patient, that caregiver later on developed bruises from uh, from just swinging and kicking from that patient. And at first, they were going to keep it to themselves. It was the nursing staff who uh, understood what happened, talked to supervisor, and said, "You know what? You need to talk to this employee." And so they did. And that that particular caregiver. They initially said, "It's okay because I know the patient is confused," but. Receiving bruises in that fashion like that, no, no, that's, that's that should not be acceptable, and that's that's one of the things that uh, just creating that awareness to let them know that no, there are practices and things that we can do in place to prevent that from happening for taking care of our patients, taking care of our, our of the staff, but um, it's helping make that happen is why I appreciate uh, people joining in because we get to hear different viewpoints, you know, from or even different ideas. In the past couple of years, we've got nursing staff from not just the Lubbock area, but from surrounding, from from other other parts of the world, you know, for sure. And it's it's a ble- it's it's a blessing to to have the opportunity to work with a diverse group like we do, because you you hear new ideas, new ways of, of tackling situations, and it's 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 I'm, I'm 
blessed to be a part of this. Well, I can hear the excitement of just making a difference uh, for safety. I'll, I'll, um, I, I remember as a practicing nurse, which was um, getting a ways away now, but um, I was working in an ICU and a child came in and they had been pretty aggressively injured and assaulted. And it was, it's one of those stories that you see on the news, unfortunately. And as it unfolded, um, I remember um, not knowing how to, to deal with a, a patient who, who um, had been in such a traumatic setting. And I, uh, for some reason, I was, I was the nurse chosen to take care of that patient. And uh, after they came out of the operating room and woke up, I remember seeing um, the patient's eyes and just, we as nurses, sometimes we, we connect, or maybe I felt like I did. I connected with that patient and sensed, gosh, how much fear could be going on in that moment. And I remember telling him, can you hear me? And him nodding his head. And I said, I'm the biggest guy in this hospital and I'm here to protect you. And, you know, we all have that why we get involved in stuff like that. For me, it was a patient that I, that it, it became so real. That was my one moment. Um, but when we, when we look at it, not just being about protecting our patients because that's that's not the problem that we're talking about in workplace violence we're talking about protecting our work family protecting the brothers and sisters that we work with all the time right like um you know i i, I say this uh, often um i i i have uh, four brothers and i have three sisters and they drive me bananas i would say very mean things to each one of them. In fact, I would probably pick on them and, and even tease them and, and uh, play practical jokes on them. I would do all kinds of things to them because they're my brother and sister. But if you did something to them, whew, that is a way for me to come unglued. And when, when we talk about being a protector, when we talk about sticking up for our brothers and sisters, when we talk about our work family, that's really where the juice and the fuel comes together uh, as, as I hear it. So I, I am grateful that you're putting in that extra work. I, April, good call out. It's all of our responsibility to make sure it's a safe environment. Everybody need to be looking at doors, making sure they shut, uh, calling out lights that aren't working, um, expressing things that they felt and uh, experienced. Uh, so others can learn from that. We we all need to be attending classes where we can learn how to de-escalate or think through things like active shooter. Um, all of that is our responsibility. Um, but you two are both putting an extra time and effort uh, to make sure that your brothers and sisters are taken care of. So thank you uh, for, for leading that effort. Uh, we will continue our series on uh, workplace uh, safety. Uh, and uh, workplace violence and, and how that's impacting 
our nurses, our doctors, our rad techs, all of our clinicians that work in the hospital. But the reality is that it goes way beyond just our clinicians. Our, our people at the very front door are experiencing this just on simple things. Uh, and so we'll, we'll continue to talk about this. Thank you both uh, for coming on today. And we will see you uh, during the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Connecting with Purpose podcast at Covenant Health with Chris and Daniel. Be sure to catch our next episode and please share this with your fellow caregivers.